1: Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us.
0: Now, today we're going to talk about one aspect of this wisdom quotient. How do you and I become wiser? How do we gain wisdom? Let's take a look at the beginning of this book again. Let's see what it says. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose, here we go, their purpose is to teach people wisdom. And discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose, he repeats it again, is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. At least twice in this passage, we will find this word teach. And there's something implied anytime you hear the word teach. No one can be taught. Unless I'll introduce another word here, unless they are teachable. You can have a student in a class uh, for an entire year, and they would perhaps learn absolutely nothing because they didn't desire to learn. They were not in the mode of learning. And so if we're going to learn something or be taught something, we have to have a teachable attitude, a teachable heart, which in fact is another word for the very word we're going to focus on today, and that is the word humility. That humility is required to even gain wisdom in your life. So I'm going to talk to you today about three things that you and I need to understand about humility and the opposite side of humility so that we can, begin, we can gain a greater wisdom quotient in our lives. Here's the first thing that I want all of us to recognize from Scripture today, the Bible teaches us that pride, which is the opposite of of humility, what does it do to your life? Pride will destroy your life. Very clear in the Bible that pride is a very destructive force. Back in the early 1960s, medical science began to uh, expound upon a lot of research that was being done and had been done about smoking and cancer. And suddenly it came to the public attention that smoking cigarettes or cigars or whatever whatever tobacco use might have been the case among a lot of people back in those days was creating a real major health crisis in our nation and was causing lots of unnecessary cancer. And so then we found these warnings being put on cigarette labels and, and tobacco products warning this is hazardous to your health or it can cause cancer. And because we were made aware of the reality that something was very dangerous, a lot of people stopped smoking, and a lot of people never started smoking because they realized this stuff is destructive, it's going to at least create the possibility of a shorter lifespan. So they made the decision, this will not be a part of my life, and the thing that helped them do so was awareness, because they became aware of how destructive tobacco products were, Then suddenly they said, this is something we don't want in our life. Now I want to draw a distinction from that into our spiritual journey. The reality is in life, oftentimes what it takes in your life, in my life, to make a change in life is to understand how destructive something is to us. And when we recognize how destructive it is, it wakes us up to the reality to say, I don't want that to be a part of my life. I'm willing to make a change in my life because I don't want This thing, whatever it might be, spiritually speaking, I don't want this thing to destroy me. And the Bible teaches us that pride is one of those things that can absolutely do what to your life? It can destroy your life. I'm going to help us to see this a little bit more in just a moment. But let me first of all define pride for you so you and I can recognize what pride means. And I, perhaps the best way to define pride, and I've used this before, I'll use it again today because I don't think it's, uh, there's any better way to describe it for you, is to take a look at what, at what is in the very center of the word, and the very center of the word is, is what? I. That's really what pride is. Pride is when you and I are putting I first in our life, when I It's what I want, it's what I will for my life. It is what I believe to be true about my life in opposition to perhaps what God says about my life. Is I thinking that I might be more important than anyone else? Is I thinking that I'm better than someone else? Is I thinking that I'm owed something that someone else is not owed? Is I'm thinking that I'm indispensable in some way? All of those words center around what pronoun? I. So pride is when you and I put the I first in our life. And as I've described before, there's another word in the English language that has I first. Of course, you know what that is, correct? Sin. So in essence, what sin is, is what I want compared to what God wants for my life. And so pride and sin go together. In fact, I would submit to you this morning, based upon what I understand from Scripture, I truly believe that pride is the mother of all sins. That if you really get down to it, as we're going to see in just a few moments, that the, the one that the thing that births all kind of sin in your life is this very thing called pride. In fact, let's go back for a moment into ancient, ancient history at the time even before the world was created by God. And we're looking up into the heavenly realms and God and the heavenly realms with his angelic host. And one of those angels was an angel by the name of Lucifer. And Lucifer was created by Almighty God. A beautiful creation of God. In fact, from what we understand about Lucifer, this archangel, the worship of God was piped through Lucifer. Everything of worship to God came through him until one day sin or pride was found in him. You can look this up in Isaiah chapter 14. Let me read to you just a little bit of what happens. It's not going to be on the screen, but I will read it for you because it describes the falling of Lucifer. The falling of this angel because of pride. The prophet says how you have fallen from heaven. Speaking of Lucifer, morning star, son of the dawn. You've been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations you said in your heart this is what lucifer said he's in the heavenly realms with god but now notice what he says i will ascend to the heavens i will raise my throne above the stars of god i will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly of the most of the utmost heights of mount zaphon i will ascend above the tops of the clouds i will make myself like the most what word do you find showing up time and time again? What is the word? And God says, no, no, this is not what heaven's going to be like. Heaven's not going to be like this. And there in that moment when this was found in Lucifer, God said, no, you're, you're now going to be ejected from heaven, cast down, in fact, ultimately to eternal damnation because of this arrogance that is now formed inside of you. And a third of the angels uh, rebelled with Lucifer and were cast out of heaven as well. In this great cataclysmic moment that occurred in ancient history was not only true of of Lucifer, but it was also true of Adam and Eve. That when Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, God said, I'm going to give you two trees. That one tree... You can eat from the tree of life. There's another tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't don't eat that tree because if you eat it, you're going to die. And serpent, the Satan, comes along, this one who's filled up with the eye, with the pride. And listen to what he says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, to Eve, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And suddenly that idea of being like God appealed to Eve and ultimately to Adam, and they partook of the tree. Why? Because of what? Pride. The mother of all sins. It's very, very destructive. Let me share with you, based upon Scripture, why and how destructive pride is. Let's take a look quickly at seven things the Bible says about pride. Pride, first of all, is something that God hates. In Proverbs chapter 6, we see these words. There are seven things that the Lord hates. Very strong word. Seven things that he cannot tolerate. And one of those seven things is what? A proud look. It's not my purpose today to go through all seven. But one of those seven things that God says I hate and I cannot tolerate is a proud look. Or pride as another translation says. Second thing that you note about pride, pride prevents us from receiving God's grace to change and grow. All of us need to change, and all of us need to grow. Can I get an amen right there? Okay. I certainly do. How about you? Okay. I still need to change. I need to grow. There's stuff in my life that I know still needs to be worked on and changed, and I can't do it by myself. I need the grace of God to change. Amen? you can't change yourself. Don't think that suddenly you're going to be this better person because you pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps. No, you need the grace of God in your life to change. And pride actually prevents us from receiving the grace of God to grow and to change, to change and to grow. Look at this. I'm going back into the New Testament now. God opposes the proud, but shows favor. Or another translation says, grace is the same word in the original language, shows grace to the humble. And so if you're Going to attract the grace of God, what must be in your life? Humility. So pride prevents us. The third thing that we see here is that pride keeps keeps us from admitting our our, from admitting our sins, our problems, and our needs. The first step in overcoming anything in your life that is difficult, that's a problem, that's a sin, that is a need in your life is you have to do what? You got to admit it. Okay. And pride just gets in the way of us saying, you know what... I've got some issues in my life. I've got some problems in my life that I need to bring to God and bring to God's grace and power. And I'm willing to acknowledge that. But pride says, no, no, no. You can't admit that you're weak. You can't admit that you failed. You can't admit that you have a problem. You can't admit that you have a need. And so because of that, pride keeps us again from receiving the grace of God, receiving forgiveness, and receiving transformation. Proverbs 26, verse 12 says, there is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. And oftentimes we think we're wise in the way we're living our life, but there's more hope for a fool than for someone who thinks they don't have any problems at all or have any sins in their life, nothing that they need to admit. Here's the second point for today. Pride disguises itself. Here's the problem with pride. Pride is never going to show up in your life and say, hi, my name is pride and I'm here to destroy you. Okay, never does that pride doesn't do that pride shows up in your life in very subtle ways for all of us very very subtle ways and you'll never be able to deal with it nor will i unless you and i learn how to recognize it and you know it's a lot easier to recognize it in somebody else than it is in ourselves amen okay oh it's easy to hope re- oh, that guy's a proud person okay it's easy to recognize it in someone else at least to think that we're recognizing it in someone else, when in reality, oftentimes, it's our very own pride that's really the issue or the problem. And so we need to get better. All of us need to get better at recognizing this stuff when it shows up in our life. Why? Because pride, what does it do to you? My first point? What's the first point again? It destroys you, okay? So you don't want this in your life, so we, you and I, it disguises, so it's not going to come out and say, like I said a moment ago, hi, my name is pride. It's not going to do that. It's going to come in very subtle, disguising ways in your life and in my life. So we have to pay attention. We have to become far more spiritually sensitive to recognizing it, not in somebody else. Because ultimately, we're not really responsible for where they end up in life. But we are responsible for what's going to happen in our lives. And so how do you recognize pride, if it's disguising itself, well, you have to listen and pay attention to some things. You have to listen to the way you talk because your words can reveal pride in your life. So you have to pay attention to your words. And your words reflect your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so you pay attention to your words. Am I speaking in a proudful way? And Is that coming from thoughts of pride in my heart? Am I the most important person in the room? Am I the most important person in the world from my perspective? And do my words reflect that? Is that prideful attitude coming out? And and I need to pay attention to how how I act. How am I acting toward other people? Do Do I act in prideful, snobbish ways to other people? And I need to become aware of this. I need to pay attention. There's something called a spiritual mirror. Okay. And by the way, how I many you know mirrors are good for you? Okay. They tell you when you look terrible. Okay? okay. They tell you when you got stuff in your teeth. Okay. They tell you when your when you're, when your coat's on crooked. Or they tell they give you all kind of really important information. Okay. And so a lot of us are very careful to look in the mirror. Some of you look in the mirror about every hour on the hour. Okay, you're like right in that mirror. But you look in a physical mirror, but God says you got to look into a spiritual mirror. Listen to your words. Are your words sounding arrogant? Hey, hey, pay attention to your heart. Are your thoughts, are they kind of arrogant? Or are you, are you checking up on those? How about the way you're acting toward other people? Are you acting in an arrogant sort of way? You know, so most times we don't even realize it. We're not even aware of it. But it's there. It disguises it itself in our life. How, how do you relate to people in your interaction with people? Do you, do you interact in a prideful way and ways that put other people down instead of lifting other people up? What does pride sound like or look like in my life, I'm not first and foremost concerned about what it looks like in your life, but I'm first and foremost concerned about what does pride look like in my life, because it looks a little different in everybody. It doesn't always come across the same way, but it's the mother of all sin you see it in Lucifer. You see it in Adam and Eve. It is the root of all kind of sin in our lives. What are the symptoms of pride? Now, to help you at least think about that a little bit today, uh, I put together a little humility check. You ready for a humility check today? <laughs> You're going to find it. You'll see on the screen, that's where you can find it, church humility. It's a little, little checkup for you, a little quiz that you can do. So I thought I would do it together with us in, in, in church. Is that okay? All right, you ready? So what you're going to do in each of these little statements that I make is you're going to give yourself a zero that never happens in my life, a one rarely happens in my life, two, it happens occasionally, or number three, it's the usual pattern of my life. So in other words, zero, never to usually number three. And so you're gonna when you take this quiz, what you want to do is score yourself on this quiz. So are you ready to hear the questions? Are you sure? Okay. Question number one, I emphasize or exaggerate my title, occupation, positions, or connections when presenting myself to others. Notice the key phrase, I emphasize or exaggerate my title, my occupation, my positions, my connections when I present myself to others. Is that a zero? Never. Or is that a three? Usually. Second of all, having the, la- the best, latest, and greatest is very important to me. It's extremely important that I have the latest, the best, and the greatest stuff in my life. Zero, never, or three, yeah, it's usually me. Okay. Next one, I seek attention and admiration, perhaps, at the expense of others. In other words, I'm going to climb the ladder, and if I have to step on other people getting up on that ladder. I'm willing to do that, and the pattern of my life has shown that. Is that a Zero. Or is that on the other end of three? Okay. Next one. Getting a little deeper now. Are you all still with me today? You yes. still love me? Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> all right. I am easily angered or offended. You know, proud, proud people are easily angered and they're easily offended. Why? Because it's all about them. And so if it's all about me, then I'm going to be looking for any offense against me. And so are you easily angered? Are you easily offended? Is that a zero or is that a three in your life? I don't know. Only you know. Only your hairdresser knows, okay? <laughs> Next one. I have a hard time admitting when I am wrong. Ooh. Zero or three or somewhere in between. Next one, I am never wrong. You know you're in trouble if that's a three in your life, okay? Next one, apologizing to others is difficult or impossible for me. Is apologizing easy for you or is it hard for you to do? Next one, being a part of the in crowd is something I strive for often. Zero, three. Next one, I judge people before I really know them. Ooh, wow. How about that one, huh? Next one, there should be more people in the world like me. <laughs> Last one, based on my answers above, I'm highly impressed with my humility. <laughs> if you got a three there, it doesn't matter what you've got on the other ones, you're in trouble. Amen, okay? This is just a little silly thing for you to use, but you have to ask yourself questions like this. You have to think about your life in this way because it's, it, pride is destructive and it's very. it, it disguises it. It's like a camouflage thing that comes into your life and into my life. So there's something just to be thinking about. Let's go to our last point together today. Third point, humility is what? How many of you want to be healthy in your life? Do you? Okay. I want to be healthy. And so the Bible teaches us that humility is something that helps us to be healthy. It certainly helps you spiritually. And it helps you psychologically. It's much healthier to be uh, a a humble person psychologically. It's certainly important for your even physical body. You can get a a lot of stress out of your life when your life is not always about you, okay? It diminishes the stress even upon your physical body. So humility is a very healthy thing. So the antidote to pride is this is what cures pride, okay? So, as destructive as pride is, humility is good for you. Humility is excellent for you. Let's review just a couple of scriptures to make sure we're still on that same page again. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So, it's very dangerous James 4, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So again, we're reminded that we need to have this quality in our lives. It's wise to be humble. It is foolish to be proud. And humility, listen closely, humility is not just something that shows up in your life. Humility is something you have to develop. It's a developed quality. You have to work on it, okay? you got to work on being humble. How do we know this? Well, it's something we're responsible for developing because the Bible teaches us that we're responsible for developing. Let's go back into the New Testament for a moment. So humble. What does it say there? Yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, He will lift you up. Where does God place the responsibility for developing humility? On you and me, right? He says, you got to do this for yourself, okay? It's not necessarily, now God knows how to do it in your life if he needs to, but he prefers for us to respond responsibly and to humble ourselves before God. And so we cultivate this thing called humility. Jesus himself demonstrated this. When you look at the life of Jesus, you see humility in its purest form. The Bible says that he humbled, even though he was God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, Philippians chapter 2. But he humbled himself and became obedient to death on a cross. And because of that, God gave him the name above every name.
1: Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.